0: What's up, y'all? This is wide receiver Deontay Simpson. This cornerback Cam Johnson. Cornerback Deshaun Getty Jr. Senior four Zachary Simmons, and you're listening to Bruni's Breakdown, your home for North Texas sports. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Bruni's Breakdown, the 24/7 Sports Podcast. I'm your host Matthew Bruni, and with me, as usual, is Colin Mitchell. Colin, how are you doing this Sunday morning?
1: You know, uh exhausted for some reason. Mm. You know, those, that back-to-back games, you know, it really got to me. Uh but we made it through. Uh we got the sweep. Uh
0: mm. Yeah. How do you feel like you have how, how do you feel like you uh performed this weekend?
1: You know, uh it was good enough. Good enough to get through. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. No, no, that that second year of the back-to-back, I was like, man, how are these guys playing? Like I'm kind of tired. <laughs> yeah. Like looking, like I was like, damn, man. I I was like, oh man, I might need a red bull here or something. And these guys are out here playing uh, the same team again twice, and UTEP didn't waste any time. But um it was funny. I was on the radio in El Paso earlier in the week with my my good friend Adrian brought us. I shouldn't say good friend, but my, my guy Adrian brought us out there. Um and he had me on their uh, their show basically previewing this series. And I was like, you know, telling them about North Texas defense or whatnot. And they they were really smart. They really knew about this team. They knew about UTEP, obviously. Um, And they they did a good job previewing it. And I was just kind of like, you know, UTEP's going to have to make threes. They're going to have to stretch out this defense. They're going to have to limit North Texas three-point shooting. They're going to have to try to push the pace and all this stuff. And um, in a roundabout way, I I kind of felt like I gave off the vibes that North Texas was going to Beat UTEP pretty easily. I don't know. I, I just felt like I gave off those vibes on the mm. El Paso airwaves, mm. and lo and behold, they go out and they did just that. So then um, somebody tweeted at them and they said, "Well, you can't have that UNT beat writer on anymore." <laughs> and I was, I was like, "Yeah, no, yeah, no." Nah, I expected that. That was after the first game, so. Then after, I listened to both of their, because they do post-game shows right afterwards on the radio. I listened to both of them uh, when they did them. And after the first game, they had people calling in being like, you know, this is why nobody comes to games. Like, this is that. It was just, it was it was crazy. The second one was a little more tame, but it was still like, is this team going to make the conference tournament? Like, UTEP fans were really, really panicking. So I thought that was interesting. Um, and now we're, we're here to present North Texas fans with the opposite, of what UTEP went through because North Texas sweeps UTEP this weekend. Uh, the first game, 63 to 33, the second game, 74 to 65. And again, we're not going to go in depth with, with the games as far as like breakdown possession by possession. But I do think it was interesting that the second game, at least UTEP came ready to play. Wouldn't you say like that? We were, we were in the stands. We were sitting there um, watching the first half together and, UTEP came out swinging, at least. That was a big thing for me. Did Did you have any takeaways from, from the second game, Colin? Uh,
1: I think that the most important thing from the second game was the fact that the team was able to overcome a team playing close with them, and that's kind of been an issue, uh, especially against the better teams. You know, that that was what our question was, like, can they, can they do it? And then we saw what UTSA did whenever they played them closer in that second game. Um, so I think it was important for them to actually, you know, complete a full game. Um and most specifically uh Javion actually just putting his head down toward the end of the UTEP game, although he, you know, he still wasn't good from the field. Um he still drew a lot of fouls and got to the line and I think that's what you need to see from him regardless of his if his shots going in. So I think that's that's probably the most important thing that I saw was just that they're able to you know, put it all together despite adversity or not hitting a shot. No,
0: yeah, it was 59 to 59 with like Three and a half minutes left, I want to say, somewhere around there. Yeah. And to close the game on a 15 to six run spoke to me about what Javion means to this team still. And I know we spent basically our whole last podcast talking about Javion. And so I don't want to um, belabor the point, but I still think that Javion is what this, what Javion becomes is ultimately going to determine how good this team is. So, it was good to see Javion, I don't want to say take over in the final few minutes, but create a little bit more in the final few minutes. He had that pass to Zach. He um, had a few good kickouts. He had a good. He had some good drives to get to the free throw line, and that was what ultimately put this game away. And then their defense was obviously tremendous again. I mean, to go from giving up 33 points to UTEP coming out and I thought shooting very, very well in the first half, especially what they shoot in the first. They shot 4 10 from three in the first half. Yeah, Agnew was, was unconscious for a little bit there. Yep, Agnew had hit a had a few threes to really give them um the lead back after North Texas came back the first time. And Bryson Williams started putting his head down and getting to get into the rim, finishing in the post, finishing in the paint, only shot two threes instead of shot shooting, what, five, I think, the first yep, game? Five. So we were looking at a UTEP team that was determined a little bit more. And we saw the same look from UTSA, right? The difference is UTSA has Javon Jackson and UTEP does not. And I think that was the big thing here. And I think also the other thing was that North Texas kind of said, no, we're not going to just let this average team come in and win one of these games. Like they don't deserve that. You can't just give up a game when you're North Texas and you want to be fighting for a conference championship. So that was, that was the biggest thing for me. Uh, looking at the two games, and I do want to talk more about this defense because I went on the El Paso airwaves and I said this was the best defense in Conference USA, and now I look pretty smart. So, you know, there, there's not a lot of holes in this defense, and I think we said it last week when you asked – or I asked you, rather. I asked you, is this defense – or is this team – better than last year's team if JV on hits his stride and you said yes. And I agreed with you because of what this team's versatility is on defense. Yep. Defensively last year, they had holes defensively last year. They struggled to guard the ball at times and defensively last year, they were put in rotation too much this year. They're staying in front of the ball more. They have more defensive depth and they, I think while it hasn't shown their rebounding per se, I think they're a better rebounding team this year than last year. Still like for all those reasons, you put in J.J. Murray, who obviously we'll get into. But J.J. Murray, Drez, even Ruben, I think he, he's their worst defender. But when he's on the ball, he's good. It's yeah. his off-the-ball stuff.
1: Yeah, he gets a little lost off the ball. Yeah. Um, but, no, yeah, you're completely right. And I, I told you last night, like, the lineup versatility that this team has is insane. Like, the fact that you have two of your best defenders, your two best defenders on-ball defenders coming off your bench— like in Jalen and, and JJ, and then you obviously have James Reese, and then you have Thomas, who's just also insane. Um, Zach, obviously. Like, there is no whole – like, you couldn't ask for a better defensive team unless you made it on, like, a video game. Like, hmm. honestly. Um, oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it they, they showed that why they're going to be better this year if Javon hits a stride, and I think it's – it's uh, it's uh, the end of last night's game showed that they're going to be trending that way.
0: He still is obviously hesitant on his jumper. That was the one thing that we saw a lot of mm-hmm. was he created separation and then didn't shoot the jumper, would try to get all the way to the rim. And I don't have a huge problem with that. But he was 7-7 seven seven from the free throw line, and he's still going to be a 90% free throw shooter. So it's like – it's tough because he shot 3-9. He was over one from 3, 7-7 from the free throw line. I don't think he was great by any means. But still, I feel like he was necessary for this team down the stretch. And I asked you last night, I asked you, would you put Ruben in for for JV? And I asked you that with about four or five minutes left. And you said no. And I said, I agree. I was just asking. I wanted to see. I I like pondering things that maybe some people wouldn't think about. Right. right? Because Ruben was playing pretty well. He went three to three from three and had 11 points and uh, was a plus 15. That's another thing is he was a Ruben was a plus 15. J.J. Murray was a plus 18. It was absolutely incredible, those two. Um, but at the end of the day, it came down to Javion Hamlet making plays, and that's what he did. So I'm not sure how I'm not sure if this series changes anything about Javion for me. Like, does it change your optimism for him? Does it mean does it show you like, okay, yeah, maybe against Old Dominion, that's that's where he gets you going, or maybe maybe he'll he won't get it going in in the near future maybe it'll be even later than that what do you well, think
1: I, I think our worry before was the fact that he wasn't getting to his spots except for in the against those really bad teams and i think that was something that we were both worried about at first and now i just think it's a matter of he needs to see his shot go in um because clearly he's able to get to the rim when he wants to um yeah. so I, I i'm still under the mind of that he will return to his form and uh he will be a okay
0: okay okay all right let's talk about jj murray and Reuben Jones. Hmm. Uh do you do you want to start with JJ Murray? Man, did you call me, you said he was the player of the game in the first game? The second game is probably probably the player of the damn, game in that game. Pretty too. damn
1: close. Uh that dude I don't I don't think I could have expected anything this good coming from a player that didn't play at all last year, basically. Uh this dude is active on defense, active hands, and then makes something happen at the end of a shot clock multiple times when his team needs it great at cutting I mean he somehow finishes when he's such a below-the-rim player like he is an x-factor for this team and I didn't think he was going to
0: be I can't describe how great he is I, I, yeah it's insane but mostly because this I think I think we're off also obviously it's kind of like when JJ DJ burst onto the scene that to uh, that what was it, 2017 oh no
1: this is completely different
0: okay 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 well is it different Oh, yeah. Because
1: they were – DJ was
0: very, very good. DJ
1: was very, very good, but he wasn't a complete player like JJ is.
0: DJ was also relied upon more on that team two years ago, three years ago, whenever the hell it was. He sure. was – DJ was – because they only had Rose that year and Ryan. And then it was like, okay, DJ's their only other shooter besides Rose. And so DJ would come in and <laughs> have to shoot like six times a game from three.
1: Yeah, but I mean, is 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 DJ going to put the ball on the floor and and get you some layups and get some? Who's
0: better, DJ Draper or JJ
1: Murray? JJ Murray, sorry, I'm already I'm already on the on the JJ train. JJ, like obviously he's not the shooter DJ was, but he is so such a more complete player. And defensively, I didn't think the rumors of him being the best defender on this team were true, but he's far and away the best defender on this team.
0: Damn, that's a good question. I, I never thought about if JJ was better than DJ before because there's just kind of different players to me. But you kind of said it before, JJ Murray could be the fifth best player on this team.
1: Yeah, I said last night as a joke, is he the fourth best player on the team? <laughs>
0: <laughs> like yeah, no, like he, he, fifth or sixth? Like he's 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 right there. Like him, him and Drez, I see on a similar level. Now, obviously... J.J. is a is a more active defender, and I would say a better defender. I think Drez has a high, better, higher potential than um, J.J. I think he's a little more skilled and more talented. But J.J., for what he's asked to do, to come in 24 minutes a game, and, like, oh, first of all, he played 24 minutes in the second game. How much did he play in the first game?
1: It was, like, 23 or 22. 20,
0: 21 and a half. Yeah. Like if he's playing twenty minutes a game in conference, that is huge for this team. So last year the whole thing was they were only six deep. This year they're legitimately nine deep. Yeah. Like I'm saying the eight, and then you could throw Abu out there for six minutes. And he was a plus two. How well let me let me see his plus minus in the first game too. Cause I Yeah, he was a plus two as well in the first game. So he's playing five or six minutes a game. Abu giving him giving Zach some minutes. Um on the bench and Abu can finish perfectly fine. And I don't want to skip over Ruben because Reuben comes in and he's three of three. And my whole concern with Ruben was that he was felt like he was getting sped up at a certain point, right. In the UTSA series and the Loyola Chicago, it felt like he was getting sped up. And I still think on defense is where he's very much a liability. I think he obviously needs to increase his awareness and just become a better defender off the ball, especially, but on on the ball, on offense, you can't ask for anything more from him. Like, he is a smart player. He's under control. And once he figured out the pace of the game, it was it was over. Like, it was over. And the one that showed it to me was when he hit that, he caught the ball. And he didn't shoot it immediately. I think he jab-stepped or something like that. And he like, kind of indecisive. The and then, like, a little step back. The one at the top of the key? I think, so. I think so. I think so. I think so. So he did like a move and then he shot it. Yeah. And it was like, why didn't he just shoot off the catch? But then I realized something. I realized Ruben sees the game at the pace of which he wants to see the game, right? So I don't know if that makes sense. But Ruben is a very smart player on offense who can get to his spots and create shots for himself and others. And so when he caught the ball – he's been kind of trained in the past few months with North Texas is to look for the open man passing or drive the lane. But when he catches the ball and he's just like, no, I'm going to score. Like he did, like he did in high school where his team was dropping over a hundred a game where he's just like, no, no, no. I'm just going to shoot the ball. He can do that. Yep. Like he is an elite, he's going to be an elite scorer. Like I have no problem saying that. So it's just for him figuring out that consistency, but he scored, what was it? Eleven points last night. Yeah, eleven points last night, and again, it just speaks to the depth this team has. I'm, I'm just amazed at the depth this team has. So, um, that was all I had on that. All right, Colin, give us your panic meter now. It was a three last week, and I was at a six.
1: Oh, I'm very comfortable in saying this is the best team in Conference USA. Very comfortable.
0: Okay. So, Defense so zero. So zero. Yeah. For now. I cannot go with you that far yet. Um, I will be at a three. I will be at a three.
1: Then you went from a seven to a three. That's crazy. A six to a three. A six Six to to a three. I thought it was a seven.
0: A six. No, I went from a six to a three. I think that this team is still very good and one of the better two or three teams in Conference USA. Um, Old Dominion next week is going to be tough on the road. Obviously, I think they should split it, um, which would be perfectly fine. But I think I still think this team is going to need Javion to be good. I'm not going to say they need him to be great because I think we've said before that we don't even we don't need him to be player of the year great or anything like that. But they at least need him to be good. They need they can't have him going three or nine. Like you you, you can't. You need him to go. 5 of ten, six of 11, something like that, Um, in my opinion, to close out close games. Because we saw with this UTEP game that was close, the second game, the ball was still in Javion's hands. Like We can talk all we want about the depth. We can talk all we want about the defense. But at the end of the day, when this team plays Western Kentucky, when this team plays Marshall, when this team plays UAB, it's going to be a close game, and it's going to come down to – Javion Hamlet with the ball in his hands late. Yep. Yep,
1: no, I completely agree.
0: Uh, and I, I agree with you. I think they I think they are good enough to win the conference, but I still think that there's going there's that little worry in me that's like, okay, will Javion be able to not only create late in the game but score late in the game? And that that's my concern here. So I'm sorry, I cut you off. What were you going to say?
1: No, I mean, uh, I, I agree with you in that Javion needs to be good, at least. Um, but I, that's never been a a problem for me. Now, if after the ODU series, we see that he's still not... We don't see a flash, at least at the very least, that he's you know able to get a couple of shots to go down in a row, then I'll have an issue. But this team, defensively, is way too consistent, and the players on offense are even super consistent. So without JV on playing well. So that's, that's why I think that this team is, is right now favorites in my opinion. Okay.
0: Um, I know we did it last week, but I'm a, who are your two stars for the week?
1: Uh, outside of JJ and Ruben. Cause we already just, that we, they had a whole, You're, you,
0: you would pick JJ and Ruben as your two.
1: Mm. See, it's weird. Uh, Cause they, there was two different, the games were different. First game I would have gave, Zach and JJ. Uh huh. Second game. I would have gained give James Reese and JJ. Yeah, yeah. James so Reese. So that's where I'm. James Reese pull up jumpers every time. Literally every time he made one, I'd look at you and I'd be like, I love
0: it. <laughs> yes, I know. Um, yeah. That I would go JJ one. Then I have a tie either for Reese or Zach, and I think I'm lead towards Zach.
1: Yeah, just his playmaking just, ability in that
0: game. I just think he's just so solid on both ends, mm-hmm. so solid on both ends. And I can't – you can't replace that kind of steady hand that he has, right, on offense where, like, you just give him the ball and you're like, okay, something good is going to happen. Right. Whether it's a shot, whether it's a pass out, or even if it's just get putting them in rotation to a degree, something good is probably going to happen here when Zach gets the ball. And then on defense, I think that just his ability to – Guard Bryson Williams one-on-one, albeit Bryson Williams hit some difficult shots on him, but you live with those to an extent. I thought his pick and roll coverage was very good. I thought he he moves his feet very, very well again for a 6'9, 6'10 guy. Um and then James Reese, like you said, I mean, I thought he was very good in both games. Um, from three and otherwise, I I still want to see him, you know, become feel as free as he wants with putting the ball on the floor. I think that's the big thing, but I can't complain with anything that he's, that he's done so far. I've, I was, I was impressed with him as well. So those would be my two. If I had to pick two, I'm going JJ and Zach.
1: Yeah. If if, if I can only pick two, I'll go JJ Zach, but if I going game by
0: game, then. All right, Colin, here's, here's what I want us to do here. I want you to think of a hot take. Uh,
1: okay. Put me on the spot. <laughs> Okay. If, if you don't have one at the moment,
0: I can go first. Yeah, you have to go first. Okay. I don't... The hard part about a hot take is that coming off of two wins is like how much do you really want to change, you know? So here's mine. Okay. Mm, that's not enough. That's not hot enough. That's not hot enough. We got to get a hotter take. think okay here's 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 what I'll say right now here's what I'll say right now this is subject to change I want to see a game well also actually hold on one thing Here, let's think about the hot take thing in the background for a second they went to the four guard lineup for a while yeah and the, the big thing to me is not that they just went to it but it was that last week against UTSA they went to it and it worked for a little bit but then it didn't work right and then McCaslin said after the game that we, we don't feel comfortable playing that yet like we haven't practiced it enough and so this week to play go against utep and they played it a good amount in both games that showed me that it's something that they've worked on a little bit it's something that is at least conscious in their mind that okay we can throw this lineup out there like we we can put reese at the four against a slightly bigger guy and survive so i gotta see how the how that lineup did for them i'm interested but um I thought that was a that was a big thing in the progression of this team and lineup versatility that this team wants to have was not to be afraid of playing that lineup. So that was that was a big thing for me. All right, did you think of your hot take yet? I'm trying, but you still have to go. Okay.
1: I will go. Here's my Br- Bruni's trying to stall, so then I have to say
0: my hot take and get laughed at. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just trying to I'm just trying to make sure. Just trying to make sure it's all good. All right, I'll start with this one just because I think it's a basic one. But I think there's only one way to solve the problem that this team has with its starting lineup. I think you have to start J.J. Murray. Oh. I'm starting J.J. Murray. Against good teams. Because I did that whole story, that whole presentation on YouTube – talking about how the starting lineup has struggled. And so let me pull up how this starting lineup did in this series, because I guarantee you it was not great. Or at least wasn't as good as the other lineups, right? Let me see if they're both in. Yep, both the YouTube games are in. All right, let me pull it up. But for anybody who is a VIP, you all saw um, my story on this team's starting lineup and their struggles. So let me pull it up. Javion, Reese, Zach, Thomas, and Drez. Here we go. In the two games, Colin, the two games this week, the starting lineup had an offensive rating in only 24 possessions, albeit, but again, that's about, that's still substantial enough against UTEP. The starting lineup had an offensive rating of 83. Oh, God. All other lineups had an offensive rating of 111. The defense was, was obviously good with that, but nonetheless, an 83 offensive rating, a turnover percentage of 21. There's just not enough. There's not enough. I don't know how to describe it. The the offense, whenever this with this starting lineup is just flat for me. I, I don't personally think that it has enough movement, has enough driving. I don't know if they're just trying to figure out maybe their comfort level, but if maybe if you give Drez off the bench minutes and let him be like Lou Williams and just try to attack, like maybe that see, changes things. See, I don't. But see here, here, wait, Sorry. wait, let me, one more thing. The the lineup again. This is very small sample size, but I'm gonna say it anyways because I don't care. JV on JJ Reese, Zach Thomas, the starting lineup that I suggest that I am suggesting. In 17 possessions against UTEP, had a 112 offensive rating. Okay, the defense was worse though. For what it's worth. But continue.
1: Uh, I disagree with you because it's not about who starts the game. It's about who closes the game. And JJ closes the games. Um, And when Drez and that starting lineup don't do well, Grant, most of the time, deals
0: with that pretty early. So I don't think it matters. And I just don't know how you could watch this team get killed by UTEP and then JJ Murray and Ruben Jones check in and they immediately come back and say, oh, no, everything's fine. And
1: I'm not saying everything's fine, but they you have their You are saying roles. that
0: you said it doesn't matter, so therefore you're saying everything's fine. I'm saying it could do more harm than good.
1: Look, because 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 JJ, or sorry, because Drez is already once he's taken out, he already comes in with the second unit anyways, and then he still doesn't attack, so that doesn't solve anything.
0: Starting lineup in the four games, four conference games, fifty-two possessions has an eighty-eight offensive rating, compared to one ten everybody else. And I'll be it. They're playing really good defense. Sixty-three defensive rating, forty-eight possessions. Really good defense. I just I feel like JJ's play style of defense and figuring it out. Like it's not restricted to. It's not like he's only doing it because he's playing with the bench unit. He did it late in the game last yeah. Yeah. last night with the starters. Like he's he's he can cut, he can shoot, he can finish, and he can defend. Like I'm not saying Drez can't do those things, but I'm saying Drez maybe. When Javion's not on the court or when um, he's the primary ball handler or maybe you put him with Ruben sometimes, then maybe he can get going a little bit more. Just put his head down in the You need to get Drez going at some point. You have to get Drez going at some point. At some point, I've been sitting here talking about Javion Hamlet needs to get going. Mar-Drez McBride needs to get going. Like, that's why they brought him here. They brought him here knowing that he's capable of scoring and shooting and driving, and we haven't seen any of that. I mean, how many shots – hold on. How many shots did he take last night? He took two in almost 20 minutes. Two shots for Marjorie McBride, who I think we can both agree is a more talented offensive player than J.J. Murray. Yeah. So if we both think that, then – What's the harm of playing him with a different lineup? Or what's the harm of moving him to the second unit? Continuity? Yeah,
1: I guess. Uh, I don't know. I'm tired of continuity. You're convincing me. You're convincing me. And don't
0: throw your paper. Calm down. Look, (laughs) we both think that this is a conference championship caliber team here. All right? And I'm not saying shoot Drez into the moon. I'm not saying don't play him anymore. I'm saying play. You played him 20 minutes last night. You played him, I think, 25 minutes the night before, something like that. You can still play him 20 to 25 minutes a game. And if he has a good game for once, again, no shot at Drez. I think he's a good player. I think he can get it going. But I'm saying if he finally has a breakout game, then you leave him in longer. Because if we look at Drez, the past three games, he's shot in four times, five times, and two times. And the only game he shot a lot was when he went four of eight from three. So, obviously, him being on the court is slightly correlated to if he can score the ball. So, it's not his defense because if they want defense, they're just going to put JJ in. And, if, frankly, if they want to put offense on the court, they're just going to put Ruben in. So, his he's kind of just a stopgap player right now. Yeah. And they need him to be more than that, ideally. So, bring him off the bench, start JJ, or even start Ruben. I'd be fine with that. Start. You can start either one of them. Because, again, I don't think either one of them's games are reliant on the lineup. Albeit, I'll, I'll I think Ruben is more than JJ. But I think if you start JJ, it's at least giving you, you don't lose anything on defense, obviously. And on offense, you can't do much worse than you're already doing with this starting lineup. So, and I don't think that's ever going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen unless they lose like both these games to Old Dominion or something like that. Like it would take something drastic, I think, for them to change it because. McCaslin talked about earlier in the week that he wants to have just, it's been such a wild and hectic offseason where they're trying to get on the same pages and whatnot. You know, they're trying to make sure everybody's comfortable in their role that I think benching again, it's not even benching. It's just moving Drez to off the bench might be too drastic of a move for this team. It might be too risky, I guess. That's the only thing. But at the end of the day, like I said, if this team ever this entire conference season hits a lull. Like if they lose to Old Dominion twice, or if they split with Old Dominion and split with Rice, and they're only, what would that be? Five and three, I guess, at that point, something like that. They're five and three. Again, that's not bad, but this team's trying to win a conference championship. And you lost three games all, you lost three games in 17 games last year. All right. And you've already lost two. I'm sorry, you've lost one to this point, but if they split with Old Dominion, they would have lost two. I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying is that why not try something out here to – and you you sell it to Drez. It's an easy sell to Drez. You'd be like, look, you shot twice last game. Just come off the bench and attack. Play free because you're going to get these minutes regardless. So now just go. You don't have to worry about J.J. handling the ball all the time. So anyways, that's my pitch. And I think I swung you. Have I swung you? You swung me. Okay. Good. Did you come up with your hot
1: take? I don't. This my see it's hard, but my hot take might be really stupid. But here we go. You ready?
0: It's probably stupid. It's probably really
1: stupid. Go ahead. Okay. I'll I'll start it with this. Is Terrence Lewis slowly playing himself out of the rotation?
0: That's a good question. I like that.
1: question. And if he is, I expect that we'll see more of the four guard lineup or
0: Mike hell. I don't, I don't, I don't think we see Mike hell. You don't think we see Michael? But I do like the question because I thought I I asked you last night. I asked you if if Maya Jamiah Simmons, for everybody who doesn't know, I guess is injured and out for the season. If he was healthy, would he be taking Terrence's minutes? And you said no because Terrence is a better scorer, which I agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say I think Maya is a better defender and probably a better rebounder to an extent or close on a rebounding at least. Yeah. Um, I don't think so. I think they still, the thing is, the thing about Terrence, Yeah, let me pull these papers that I threw down mm, out here. Terrence in these two games played 10 and a half minutes and 15 and a half minutes. I don't think he's being worked out of the rotation because I think that they need him for those 10 to 15 minutes a game i i really do I, I think that this team thomas is really good but you obviously he played 27 minutes and with these back-to-backs you kind of need terrence to hold it down for those minutes and terrence hasn't been bad
1: no he hasn't I been don't bad
0: know. but I, it's just he's he's kind of
1: started from like playing a lot to just kind of now being almost an outlier in a sense so i was i, I guess that would be my my hot take if you want to call it
0: that. no that, that is that's a good question at least nonetheless um I think it's an interesting question. What What do you think?
1: I would say, man, it's tough. I would say the size of Conference USA is could be trending it that way. However, like you said, they also need him. So unless you replace it with that, if you see that that four-guard lineup is you know a lot better than when Terrence and whoever else is on the floor, or if Abu starts to play better, or if you want to even you know do the Mikel thing like I just said, mm-hmm. then those are the only really three options that you could do um, but I think he has a lot of trouble against size, and I think that that's an issue. He's, he's very physical, but he's, he's, he's only able to do so much. And I think that, that that was shown at least
0: these last two games. I agree. I think that it's slightly softened the fact that they're able to play Abu. Mm-hmm. And so I think you bring up a good point in that they did test out the four guard line up here in the past couple series to see what they can do with it and to maybe get some more offense in there. Because while Terrence, I think, is a fine offensive player, um, he's still not what you get if you put James Reese at the four. Like, that's lethal. That is a lineup that should, in theory, score a lot of points. So that's why that's exciting Um, to me. Now, if
1: he could hit threes, like he hit that one three last night, and I couldn't believe he shot it. I couldn't believe he shot it. did hit three. Uh, His form is just amazing then fine, he can st- he can stay. I mean, I'm not saying he shouldn't stay, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's just interesting to think about.
0: No, it, it is. It is. And again, I, I think it would take something drastic for them to make either one of these changes because in order for Terrence, because at, at the end, Terrence will never not play. I don't think, I think he'll always play at least like five minutes or so. But if for them to cut down his minutes from, let's say 12 to five or something like that, it would take either the emergence of abu or them going small and i think that somewhat comes down to matchups so it might be both but still you, you y'all get what we're, we're saying in the sense that it, it I, I i we both believe in terrence like we both think terrence is a, is a fine player but is he going to be able to you know match the size and physicality on a consistent basis that Conference USA has this year more than last year, especially. This year Conference USA feels like it's a lot bigger. Yeah. Um like, no, I, don't I will say
1: Abu's starting to play better. So you know Yeah, Abu
0: is starting to play better. This dude he hasn't been as bad defensively as I thought.
1: No, and he's uh, offensively it's
0: weird to see him just like easily <laughs> put up some hook shots. Oh, he's got great touch around the basket. No, it's awesome. It's no, it's awesome. A, it's great. Uh with that being said, Abu did foul out he had five thousand six minutes in that first game, which I didn't know. I didn't know that either. I did not know he fouled out in six minutes in the first game against. They did UTEP. call everything in
1: that first game, though. It's I didn't weird. Know that. like you. It's last night. It's like they didn't call
0: anything in the first
1: game. They call almost everything.
0: It's just. It's so I weird. mean, they bring in different crews, obviously, for those games, but it's just like weird, yeah, um, how they do it. Um. Last thing. Do we? Do you think UTEP? Where do you think UTEP finishes in Conference USA?
1: I think they're an average team. I really do. Uh, I think Bryson Williams just had a really, really bad first game. Like, there's there is no reason they should have only scored 33 points in that first game. I mean, absolutely no reason. Um, and I just don't think they had an answer defensively or offensively for this North Texas defense, I should say. Um, yeah. And I think we're going to see that with a lot of teams, you know, that the first game might be, for a lot of teams, kind of a blowout in a sense against North Texas. And then they kind of, you know, that night over, think of something yeah. else to mix it up. But I think I think UTEP's a good team, but I don't think they're a great team and I think they rely too much on those three players. So where do you think they fall, like ninth, tenth? Whatever. I mean directly center. I don't think Seventh? I don't well, yeah, well there's sure. fourteen teams in Conference. Sure, we'll do eight seven
0: eight. Okay. Seven eight. Um we watched Old Dominion barely beat Rice yesterday, somehow avoided the split in Houston. Um even though they fouled a guy <laughs> <With 22 laughs> they fouled or whatever they was. fouled evie with four seconds left and evie goes to the line for rice down one and misses both and old dominion just celebrated like they <laughs> like they actually like they hit a game winner i was that was amazing so i think old dominion is always going to be what old dominion was with a physical team but their guards are they're a little more guard heavy this year which i think is going to be really interesting and I think you're bringing up a good point in North Texas defense. That first game is the first game of every series. It feels like it's going to shell shock people.
1: Yeah, because so I, I, I wouldn't I'm not I'm not afraid to say that they're probably like a complete tier above defensively.
0: Yeah, uh, all the um, other teams like imagine if they play. imagine if North Texas played West Virginia in a series, right? And that first game that they just played was the first game like they played that in doubleheader, right? They pl- Imagine they played a second game right after that.
1: Yeah, West West Virginia Virginia would would blow them out the next game. Yeah.
0: But the first game, they only scored what, sixty, something like that. I don't know. Right. Fifty something. Like that's the difference here. Is that North Texas that first game is very difficult to prepare for. So I'm I'm curious as to how old Dominion and then Rice, and those are the next two series coming up, and I think that they're both they're gonna have to sweep one of them, in my opinion. I think Oh yeah, I think you can only lose one game in these. I think Rice is the more probable sweep of those two because it's at home and Rice is a little inconsistent and a little more three point oriented but Rice has been really really good so far swept UTSA almost swept Old Dominion they're 4 and 2 at this point um those are the series they're going to have to win three of the, these next four in my opinion and th- at that point they'll be 6 and 2 and that is good for pretty, them. pretty yeah. nice yeah that's pretty so. good all right colin um Anything else we have here? I think I think I'm good. I think I'm good as well. I'm looking at the I'm looking at some of the advanced stats that I pulled up for the four conference games. 106 offensive rating, 91 defensive rating through the four games. I I mean obviously UTSA was very good against North Texas defense. And again, North Texas is just gonna make teams make difficult shots. And that's what UTSA did, and that's what UTEP could not do. So that's the difference. All right, Colin, that's all we have for today. Uh, We are going to be posting, also, check out on our site, our reaction to the Phil Bennett hire. Uh, North Texas hires Phil Bennett as its defense corner. so check that out. If you enjoyed this podcast, leave it a five-star rating and review on Apple and uh, subscribe on Apple Podcast, and follow us on SoundCloud as well. Send this to your friends and your family and your grandmas, all of the North Texas fans you know. Subscribe to Mean Green 24 7. We have $1 for the first month for monthly subscribers. And I believe we have we had a 50% off, but I think it's 30% off for the entire year at the moment. And follow us on Twitter at Mean Green 24 7. Follow Colin at CJH Mitchell. Follow me at Matthew Bruni underscore. And yeah, check out all the content on our channel. And also check out our YouTube. First time plugging our YouTube. Mm. Uh, what is it? At Mean Green 24 7, probably just that. Yeah, yeah. check that out. Um, so yeah. For Colin Mitchell, for Maya Mitchell, I'm Matthew Bruni, we'll talk to you. Later.